Hey guys, here we are coming at you from the rainforest, <laughs> talking about Harry Potter. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to another episode of We Don't Wanna. This is the podcast where we really don't wanna. In every episode, we'll be taking a very reluctant journey through a series that one of us loves, and the other one, well, that's where that their reluctancy comes in. We are your hosts, I am Zach, and I am joined as always by my co-host, and I may have slipped a little something in his pumpkin juice. It's Scotty Westside. Slipping a little something somewhere, as usual, this guy. <laughs> you can't trust him. He's he's a sneaky son of a bitch with him around. A little something. Li- a little something. <laughs> Emphasis on the little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How are you doing today, buddy? Dude, I'm... I'm doing pretty good, actually. Uh, yeah? Yeah. I acted like I was 21 yesterday. Ooh. <laughs> I went to a friend's apartment, got pretty drunk, cooked out. It was great. We swam. It was fucking cool. Why is that acting like you're 21? Because um, it was like all day. Like, I, sh- <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. I feel real dehydrated today. <laughs> It's not, a, it's not a great time. Straight up, not a great time. <laughs> Straight up, not a great time. Uh, that sounds like a fun time, though. Did you have fun doing it? Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was cool. We had some uh, um, boudin. Boudin. What is that shit? It's like sausage, no f- but with like rice inside of it. It's weird. It's good. I've never heard of this. Also, can can I just backpedal here for a moment and bring up the fact that? Fucking Mr. like 28 year old over here is like, I'm fucking such an old ass man. I fucking partied like I was 21, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm 29, by the way. Whatever. Same difference. (laughs) It was just, uh, it was just lots of alcohol. Uh huh. And lots of good food. Uh, but it was good, man. Week week has been, has been good. I, uh, watched some One Piece this weekend. Hell yeah. That was pretty bitchin'. It's about um, goddamn time. I'm enjoying the fuck out of that because mm. it's great. It is. Um, I think we have we have a series about that show, don't we? Um, I <laughs> that doesn't sound familiar. <laughs> you guys I haven't listened recall. to the One Piece episodes. You guys should go do that and watch the show because it's great. It's real good. It's, it's real the good. best. Some might argue that it is the best. This guy would argue that. The best. I don't... Oh, my sweet summer child, you don't even know yet. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, uh, things are great. I'm excited to do this, talking about some Harry Potter. Uh, you seem a little less than thrilled, but we'll save that. How are you doing this week? Uh, I'm doing all right. I'm, I'm tired this evening. We might get a little 2 a.m. Scott again. Even though it's 9.20 p.m.? Um, even though it's 9.20 p.m. Uh, it's kind of been a, a long, draggy-ass week at work. Um, and I've been trying to... I've been trying to get ahead in my editing duties because I'm going to be taking another camping trip here in a couple weeks. Very nice. And and I know... Did I you guys was... decide on where you're going? 
I think so. I don't okay. know. There's, you know, details, details. Is going back to New Mexico still still up in the, like... Yeah, definitely. Okay, definitely. fuck yeah. Um, that was a cool spot we went before. So. It was a really cool spot. Um, But yeah, so I've been staying up too late. I've also been playing uh, a new Vigia game by the name of Death's Door, which is a delightful little adventure that I've been enjoying. What? Uh, how does it play? What kind of game is it? Uh, it is very much a like an old school Zelda game, like a Link to the Past or a Link's Ooh, okay. Awakening, it's like a top down. Yeah, t- cool. well, it's it's kind of actually like a tilt shift type thing. If if anybody played the Link's Awakening remake, yeah, it fuck reminds yeah. me a lot of that. You play you play as this little adorable little crow that that reaps souls, and it's uh. It's it's just, he's he's got a sword, and it's just it's just a cool game. It's a charming little game. He's uh, some people call oh I got <laughs> so the writing is actually very clever and very funny, uh, and it really hit me how much I was gonna enjoy this game when you uh, when you meet characters they do like a real big, almost a control esque like title card on the screen. You remember how when you yeah. entered a new area in control, just big bold letters mm-hmm. of the name of that area. Well when you meet characters, this game does something similar and it says their name. And you meet this uh guy pretty early on in your adventure and he has been cursed by a witch to have a pot for a head and you meet him and just in big bold letters it just pops up pothead. <laughs> and I was like, okay, you're all right, game. <laughs> you're all right. That's pretty good, man. That's pretty like, good. That's, that's just it's easy humor, but it's a lot of fun. So, how do anyway. you how do you play this game? Is it on uh, Game Pass or is it Switch or what? It's actually not. Uh, I think right now it's on PC and Xbox. I bought it uh, oh, just on gotcha. Xbox. So, gotcha. Okay. Shockingly not on Game Pass because everything is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No kidding, <laughs> dude. Oh, by the way. Told you I've been really excited to start playing Hades. Oh, uh, I thought the release date was August third. Uh-huh. It's August thirteenth, so I got to wait another fucking week and a half, and I'm you, so sad you about it. You kept saying August the third, and I was like, that doesn't sound right. But I believed you because you were so sure of it. So that yeah, is I'm, an, I'm a goddamn idiot. I uh, it's true. Yeah, I suck. Anyway, we're talking Harry Potter today. <laughs> Let's talk more about Pothead. <laughs> Dude, Harry Pothead. That joke has never exactly. been made. Hell yeah, never. never. I didn't make that joke when I was like 15 and the <laughs> series was big. For sure. Never did that. We are diving back into Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prunts. Prunts, he got it right. We just left off. Chapter 11. Today we're talking about chapters 12 through 14. Boudin. 14. <laughs> you and your Boudin. Scotty, take it away, man. Let us know your thoughts. You got the book there, don't you? What, what, where did we leave off? What happened in chapter 11? What was the last thing? Uh, the last sentence says, thanks a lot, Demelza. And I have no idea what the fuck it's talking about. Uh... Oh, he couldn't reschedule his uh, oh, yes. his detention with Snape. <laughs> no matter how many uh, party, yeah, party invites, invites you have. he gets. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. I gotcha. Um, yeah, I've, I've got a bit of a bone to pick with you, Zachary. Um, okay. 
you you swore up and down to me this book was built different. This book this book built different, bro. Uh it's not. The middle is still bad like all of these books. This is mm. this is the bad section. You've read four chapters. You've liked it up till chapter 11, which is more than you can say till for most books and That's you- true. That's all true, but you were like this book fucking 60 miles an hour fucking all the way through i don't know why i said 60 miles an hour because that's not that fast but roll with me here uh it fucking pedal to the metal baby all the way through this train don't stop for no one no yeah it's the same exact bullshit i I am baffled that you knowing what is right in the middle of this batch i'm surprised that you're not Uh, this was the lamest pensive scene we've ever gotten Shut the fuck up. No, this one did not. I, it, like, it was fine. I didn't dislike it. But compared to the other pensive scenes, nah. Nah, not even close. Not even close. I just feel like it's it's a part of a whole. And I like I like it for the part that it is. Like, I'm not saying this is necessarily trying to compete with every pensive scene out there. And that you should sure. be like, oh, I'm mad because it's not the best pensive scene. Well, <laughs> like it's like, it's like I- no, it's still good. It's I love it. I'm not mad at the pensive scene. Like I said, it's fine, but it's not nearly as good as all the other pen. Like the pensive scenes are like always like, oh shit, this is like the highlight of the book, like a top ten fucking chapter ever. Sure. And then this one was just like, okay, it's it's fine. But then the rest of these, it's fucking Quidditch and Ron and Hermione fighting, just wall to wall. And it's just like, oh, we're we're doing this again. Excellent. Excellent. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, let's fucking hear about it, Scott. Let's hear about it. I'm going to uh, try and not be a whiny little bitch boy for the entire night. Well, too fucking late. Uh, <laughs> that is your that is your fucking uh, resting point. That's that's my shtick and I'm sticking to it. That's a terrible joke. That's your it, wait. I think I'm going to misuse this word, but I'm going to say it. That's your homeostasis, right? That means like your, your. Nope, nope. No resting I point. So. I don't think so. No, that's not what homeostasis means. I have no idea. I. <laughs> Where did you pull that word out of your ass? All right, from? I'm looking it up. Okay, look it up. Chapter twelve. Harry, uh, he's dicking around with the spells that are handwritten by Mister Prince, um, in his book. He. He tries a what? Did you get it right? I fucking got all right. Homeostasis. <laughs> God damn it. Hold on, it. listen to this. Listen to this. Why are we listening to it? Homeostasis. Homeostasis. Uh, the tendency toward a relative stable equilibrium between interdependent elements, especially as maintained by physiological processes. A state of I resting. can't believe you actually got that right. You fucking like looked this up ahead of time to make Why yourself Why the fuck look would smart. I look up the word homeostasis to you're, use in a sentence? You're a fucking weirdo. That's why. <laughs> I mean, that is true, but this, it, that was straight off the top, Scotty okay. boy. Fine. Straight from the top. Fair enough. I don't know why you would have homeostasis ready in the chamber, but... Again, you're a fucking weirdo, so whatever. Let's go with it. So Harry's dicking around with these Mr. Prince spells. And, uh, Mr. who? Mr. Prince. Mr. Prunce. Oh, okay, Prunce. Sorry, I just I didn't yes. know what you were talking about there. My bad, yeah. Uh, he tries this nonverbal one. Uh, Lifto Corpio or something like that. I don't Leva Corpus? That's the one. Uh, it lifts Ron up by his ankle, 
and they freak out and he figures out how to drop him. Ron and Harry think this is hilarious and they're telling Hermione about it later. Uh, she, spoiler alert, does not find this hilarious. She's like, bro, you can't just be trying random shit that you have no idea what it does that you found in this fucking book. She's like, that's not Ministry of Magic approved. Uh, and she just, she's also just like, yo, this this Mr. Prince of yours, he seems like a real dodgy character. Harry and Ron are like, oh, fucking Mr. Prince is the coolest, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Harry also mentions here that he saw his dad use this spell before. And they're like, you saw him use it? And he was like, oh, I mean, uh, Lupin told me. Lupin told me about him using it. Right, because he's never told them about that. Correct. It is one of the few things he has not told them, what he saw in Snape's memories, which I, I do think is a little interesting. Also, Harry, line 101, you should have just told him it was serious because that lie can never be fucking, like, checked because serious is gone. Come on, bro. Don't don't tell Lupin Ouch. that lie can be checked. <laughs> um, and I think this is where Harry maybe gets the idea of, like, Oh, fuck, maybe the Half-Blood Prince is my dad. But then he's also like, but my dad is pure blood. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Didn't you have this thought process for a second? I d- it Basically, yes. The similar thing, yeah, happened when I was theorizing about the Half-Blood Prince, too. So, anyway, old Horace, uh, he tries to get Harry to come to his, like, celebrity dinner supper um, but Harry keeps scheduling Quidditch practice whenever he has them. And Horace comes and asks him about it. And he's like, ah, I can't. I got a Dumble lesson. Um, Hermione's like, you know what? They're actually not that bad. They're not that bad. I could see Hermione liking that shit. See, I was surprised because this does not seem like her her jam. But I don't know. Well, you got to think about it like this. It's Hermione fucking like is glued to these fuckers assholes like it's probably really refreshing excuse me (laughs) to be around people who don't ultra suck although there are people there who do ultra suck but like people who are probably a little bit smarter and a little bit higher caliber like witches and wizards like her yeah isn't uh zachariah smith or no way he's not there uh cormac mclagan is there cormac mclagan's there and he fucking sucks so. he does fucking suck you're right you're right well we'll get more into later how much that guy sucks um <laughs> so they go to hogsmeade and they fucking see my guy mundungus and i'm like oh hell yeah mundungus the dung he uh he drops his like suitcase and all his shit spills out which is stuff from Sirius's house. They recognize it that he's selling. And he's all like, oh, hi, Harry, how you doing? Oh, I gotta go. Shit, fuck. And he tries to run off. Harry, fucking furious, legit just slams him up against a wall and tries to choke him out. Uh, I did not see a strong reaction like this coming from Harry. Also, how weak is my boy Mundungus that he lets this little fucking 16-year-old kid like choke slime again i always picture him as a little slime ball i guess i mean yeah he's a little slime ball but i'm i am literally still picturing him as robbie downer robert downey jr robbie downer robert downer yeah man <laughs> robbie downer <laughs> robbie downer that's that's what i call him because that was my nickname butts. in high school nope um <laughs> nope <laughs> nope 
Uh, Tonks appears out of nowhere and gets him off of Mundungus, and Mundungus teleports out of there. And then Tonks immediately leaves. She was there for about two seconds. And uh, Harry, he keeps screaming, ranting, and raving about this. He's big pissed. And I'm like, yo, as I recall, Sirius didn't give a shit if Mundungus took that stuff because he hated all the black stuff and what it reminded him of. Yes, that's true. But that's like real fucked up, though. Sirius all but told Mundungus he could have it. Is what I'm saying. I don't. Th- I I think. I think that Harry just feels like it's just a little fucked up to like. No respect to Sirius. Like, oh, Sirius sure. is dead now. Let's go fucking ransack his house. Sure, and I get that sentiment. But I'm just saying, Mundungus and Sirius were like, see, always seemed like they were decent friends, fairly close. And like, I remember the scene where Mundungus was like, "Oh, Sirius, this is." This is some beautiful looking gold, mate. Oi. Or not gold, like silver goblets, whatever. Sure, right. And Sirius was like, fucking I don't care, man. That black stuff sucks. Take it, whatever. Anyway. Sure. So they're walking back from Hogsmeade, and uh, Katie Bell, who's, I think, on their Quidditch team, is arguing with her friend about this package. And then she all of a sudden floats up in the air, starts screaming, and I'm pretty sure her head spins all the way around exorcist style as well. Fuck yeah. Uh, Harry runs to get help. He finds Hagrid, who grabs her and immediately runs to the school. Uh, They see the package has torn open. Inside the package is this necklace that Harry recognizes from the creepy shop in... It's not... Nocturnally. It's it's in Nocturnally. Yeah. And he remembers the guy, the the guy from the shop saying it was cursed. Borgen. Sure. <laughs> Katie told her friend that she had to bring it to someone at school. Uh, they think she probably had been Imperius cursed. Harry jumps to Malfoy immediately, which is one of the first time in history that that theory kind of makes sense. <laughs> Uh, they they always jump immediately to Draco anytime anything goes wrong. They're like, oh, it's raining, Draco, you motherfucker. <laughs> um, but this time it's actually like, yeah, that could be Draco. McGonagall grabs them as they're coming back to the castle, takes them up to her office. Uh, she gives the necklace to Filch to give to Snape. Uh, Harry wants to talk to Dumble. He's He's a real, like, fucking... Real disrespectful piece of shit to McGonagall here, and I did not appreciate it. He's just like, I don't want to talk to you. I want to talk to Dumble. He he acts like he doesn't trust McGonagall. And I'm like, what a fucking idiot. She's in the order, you dipshit. And she's like, she's like Dumble Jr. <laughs> she's like his number one gal, you know? I, yes. I Look, I have to admit, as much as I absolutely love McGonagall, I feel like I would have the same sentiment. Because, no, come on. No, well, listen, hear me out. Th- think about, look, and this is arguably not a great quality of Dumbledore's. Like, we have discussed this. But uh-huh. he does have a certain level of, like, like, hey, all right, let's see how this plays out. Right? Like, oh, like definitely. he will actually, like, probably listen to that. And whereas McGonagall is so, like, curt and just like, nope. Nope, that's outlandish. Don't like that's a serious accusation. Don't fucking sure. Like he probably feels like oh he she, she's not she's just gonna shoot me down, which she does. 
which she does, but with good reason. So yeah, he, she's like, listen, Dumble's not here. He's fucking busy. So you can tell me. And so he relents and he does tell her his whole theory about Draco being a Dieter and all that nonsense. And she's like, well, listen, that's a serious accusation with no proof, my guy. Uh, also, Draco was doing detention with me while you were at Hogsmeade. So get the hell out of my office, basically. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, she has good reason to be like, he couldn't be doing that. He was literally with me. Well, so. we know that Harry doesn't listen to reason. Right, exactly. So Harry is mad at the other two because they don't buy his Draco theory. And uh, <laughs> I have... Maybe Hermione is actually a good influence on Ron because he used to blame Draco for fucking everything. And now all of a sudden he's more like, nah, I don't think it's Draco, mate, type of thing. So it's it's a bit of a switcheroo from old Ronnie. And that's the end of chapter 12. Not a whole lot going on there. Was there any talk about who she was supposed to be giving that to? No, just that she was supposed to take it to someone in the castle. Gotcha, okay. She got it, like, in the bathroom uh, at, at the three brooms. Hogshead? Oh, yeah, the three brooms, yeah. broomsticks, right. So, chapter 13. Um, Harry has a another lesson with Dumble. He goes up to talk to him, and Harry asks how Katie is doing. And Dumble says, still very unwell. She was relatively lucky, though. She appears to have brushed the necklace with the smallest possible amount of skin because there was a tiny hole in her glove. Had she put it on, even held it in her ungloved hand, she would have died, perhaps instantly. Fuck. That's a strong-ass curse. Uh, Luckily, Professor Snape was able to do enough to prevent a rapid spread of the curse. And Harry, because he's a fucking little piece of shit, immediately just has to interject, why him? Why not Madame Pomfrey? And my fucking guy, Phineas Nigelis, just has to pipe in here with impertinent. Dude. (laughs) I would not have permitted a student to question the way Hogwarts was operated in my day. And Dumbledore, as usual, is just like, yes, thank you, Phineas. I love how Dumbledore always just has this very, like, weary energy with Phineas. It's just like, yes, I know, dude. Damn, (laughs) you've told me a thousand times. Fucking, I know what you would have done in your day, dude. Dude, Phineas Phineas reminds me of um, the friend in The Big Lebowski. It's like, oh, like yes. in my day in fucking Vietnam, I was on no. the floor yes. dodging mortars. And- Except he's just way less ang- openly angry yeah. about it. What but, the fuck yeah, does I- anything have to do with Vietnam? Yes, yeah, that's that's basically yeah. If Dumbledore is uh is Lebowski for sure, uh yes. What is what is his character's name? I don't remember. It's I've John only ever Goodman's. seen that movie once, ever. I know that's sad. Uh, it's John Goodman's character. Yeah, uh, right. Very very funny. Anyway, I was very happy to hear anything from my guy Phineas here. Um, And Dumble's like, listen, Harry, you little shit. Professor Snape knows much more about the dark arts than Madame Pomfrey. Uh, <laughs> and then Harry asks, Harry asks Dumble about uh, the, the Mundungus thing. And Phineas pipes up again. He's not happy about this. He says, that mangy old half-blood has been stealing black heirlooms? 
And he stalks out of his frame to go visit his portraits in Grimald Place, probably. Uh, he is not pleased about this. I'm surprised you didn't get mad at Harry just being like, where were you this weekend, sir? <laughs> I was, but I, being I get... Being a nosy little shit. I get weary of being angry at Harry a lot of times, let's Fair be enough. honest. Okay, all right. So they're they're about to do another uh you know another memory dive here into the pensive, um but before they do, Dumble kind of catches Harry up on on what happened in between what they saw last time and what they're about to go see. So he tells Harry of how uh, Marope, who is Voldy's mom, sold her only Slytherin family heirloom because she was desperate when she was pregnant. Apparently at this time, uh, after uh, Tom Riddle Sr. had left, she refused or couldn't use magic anymore. Dumble isn't certain, he said. Basically, like, you know, she either wanted to just live a normal muggle life or she was, like, brokenhearted and it, like, affected her ability to use magic. He's like, I'm not sure. In any case, this is Dumble speaking. As you're about to see, Marope refused to raise her wand, even to save her own life. And Harry asks him, this is good, she wouldn't even stay alive for her son? Dumbledore raised his eyebrows. Could you possibly be feeling sorry for Lord Voldemort? No, said Harry quickly. But she had a choice, didn't she? Not like my mother. And Dumbledore says, your mother had a choice too, Dumbledore said gently. Ugh, so good. It's a good line. Uh, yes, Marope Riddle chose death in spite of a son who needed her, but do not judge her too harshly, Harry. She was greatly weakened by long suffering, and she never had your mother's courage. Uh, that is probably the best part of your favorite pensive chapter here. I didn't say it's my favorite <laughs> pensive chapter. Yep, Although he said this really is like the it. best chapter in the entire series. I heard him. Before we recorded, before we recorded, I swear, I swear. You know, I have to admit, I feel like a lot of Harry Potter fans would be totally okay with me, with that, although that's not the case. <laughs> I think it's very good. I'm baffled that you don't enjoy this. I, and like I said, it was fine. It's, it's certainly not, I think it's easily the worst pensive chapter. Now, not to say it's, it's bad. It's a high standard, though. It's a high standard, exactly. Okay. So they go into Dumble. Oh, actually, here is the best part of of this chapter. They go into Dumble's memory, and my dude is rocking a purple velvet suit. Hells yeah! Hell yeah! Hells yeah! I fucking love just that detail about him. Uh, also, he then proceeds to Jedi mind trick this orphanage lady to get her drunk, and she just starts. Spilling her beans? Why just, Why spill, just your spill your beans? Uh, she just spills the beans about everything. So yeah, he he's just like Jedi mind tricks this lady. Uh, this is the best abuse of powers ever. Um, it's pretty funny. It's cool when Dumbledore does it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a very it's a very Obi Wan esque type move, and he's he's kind of the, he's basically the Obi Wan of this story. Anyway, um. He says that Tom Riddle's name has been recorded since he was born and that he's a candidate for his school. She, uh, the, the orphanage lady, tells him that Marope came in, had the baby, and died like an hour later, right after telling them to name him Tom Marvolo Riddle, 
after both of his, uh, well, after his father and after her father. Um, no family ever came for him. Fuck her father. Why? I don't know. Yeah, her father was a real piece of shit. Uh, no family ever came for him. And she says that he's a funny boy. Dumble is like, yeah, I thought he might be. Uh, she tells him some of the weird stuff that's happened with him around, like this rabbit that hung in the rafters and these kids that went exploring with him and acted funny ever since. She said she's happy that Dumble will be taking him away, even if it's only for the school years. Dumble makes it very clear. He's like, yeah, it's only for the school years. He'll still have to come back here during the summers. So they go up to see him. Um, this is this is pretty funny because the lady's fully trashed at this point. She's been like drinking gin this entire time. Dude, <laughs> she's fucking roasted. She's she is blitzed. Uh she goes up and she's like, Tom, you've got a visitor. This is Mr. Dumberton. Sorry, <laughs> Dunderbore. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, very good. Very good. He's come to tell you, well, I'll let him do it. So Dumble starts talking to Tom, and it doesn't look like anything that happened to him at Hogwarts turned him evil. He's already a little fucking dick. This this little fucker's a, just kind of a real little shit heel, and I yeah. don't like him. Yeah. Um. He tries to do some shit on Dumble. Uh. Like he's like, tell me the truth. Bah! Uh. Dumble just ignores him. And tells him why he's there. He's like, basically like, hey, here's the reason you can do these things. It's magic. You're a wizard. And um, he says, magic? It's magic what I can do? And Dumble asks him, well, what is it that you can do? And he says, all sorts. I can make things move without touching them. I can make animals do what I want them to do without training them. I can make bad things happen to people who annoy me. I can make them hurt if I want to. I knew I was different. I knew I was special. Always I knew there was something. Well, you were quite quite right, said Dumbledore, who is no longer smiling, but watching Riddle intently. You are a wizard. So yeah, uh... This this kid's just an evil little piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> he stole all this stuff from his fellow orphans. Dumble like magics this box out of like the wardrobe, and it's got like all these little trinkets uh, that he stole from them. They're kind of like his trophies. Dumble lays down the law with him. He's like, we don't fucking accept this kind of behavior at Hogwarts. So you better cut that shit out right now. Um, gives him some money to buy. You know, the supplies he needs, his supply book, supply lists, all that nonsense. Uh, the details for coming to Hogwarts. Tom is not grateful at all. Um, Dumbledore offers to come shopping with him to help him get him stuff. He says no, he'll do it alone. Then Tom asks him if his father was a wizard. Dumble doesn't know. And Tom says he must be because his mother wouldn't have died if she could do magic. And I'm like, hmm, an obsession with magic and death already. Uh, Then he also tells Dumble that he can talk to snakes. 
Uh, so they leave the memory at this point. Dumble's like, that's enough. Dumble tells Harry that he was a little wary of the boy and wanted to keep an eye on him. His powers were fairly developed considering he had basically had no training. And he even he had even used the disturbing phrase, I can make them hurt when I want to. I was like, yeah, that should really uh, send off some alarm bells there, uh, Dumble. That's uh, not right. okay. Um, I, I want to say, actually, that it's not even specifically the pensive scene. It's hearing just Dumbledore talk through, like, what he learned about the kid and, like, how he processes this information. That's what I love. Let me backtrack on what I said earlier, because, yeah, this is a pretty lame pensive no, scene. No, 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 so no, 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 I, I enjoy it, but it's, it's, it's even more so the conversation that him and Harry have afterwards. Well, I mean, sure, it's, it's not always, you know, the actual thing, it's, you know, the conversation that happens around it. Yeah, yeah, I think he, he's teaching Harry to be more, um, I guess, like, how to analyze people, right? Well, he's trying. Whether Harry actually fucking learns anything is a <laughs> okay, completely fair. different story. Uh, Dumble says he showed his contempt for anything that tied him to other people, anything that made him ordinary. Even then, he wished to be different, separate, notorious. He shed his name, as you know, within a few short years of that conversation and created the mask of Lord Voldemort, behind which he had been hidden for so long. I trust that you also noticed that Tom Riddle was already highly self-sufficient, secretive, and apparently friendless. He did not want help or companionship on his trip to Diagon Alley. He preferred to operate alone. The adult Voldy is the same. You will hear many of his Death Eaters claiming that they are in his confidence, that they are close to him, even understand him. <coughs> Bellatrix! Uh, they are deluded. Lord Voldemort has never had a friend nor do I believe that he has ever wanted one. Uh, and lastly, I hope that you are not too sleepy to pay attention to this, Harry. The young Tom Riddle likes to collect trophies. This is interesting that Dumble brings this up and he does it last. This is important. Uh, definitely somehow, and I have a theory on that. Mm, okay. um, you saw the box of stolen articles he had hidden in his room. These were taken from victims of his bullying behavior, souvenirs, if you will, of particularly unpleasant bits of magic. Bear in mind this magpie-like tendency, for this particularly will be important later. Harry goes to leave, and he notices the ring, uh, that Dum the cracked ring that Dumble had previously, is gone. Uh... This is weird. Harry says, the ring's gone, but I thought you might have the mouth organ or something. One of the little trophies that he had stolen from one of the orphanage kids was a mouth organ. Mm. Dumbledore beamed at him, peering over the top of his half-moon spectacles. Half-moon testicles. Uh, <laughs> very, very astute, Harry. But the mouth organ was only ever a mouth organ. And on that note, he waved to Harry, who understood himself to be dismissed. So, the ring was, the mouth organ was only ever a mouth organ. It's a good line. I wish it was fucking anything else, because fucking saying mouth organ is such a goddamn mouthful. But the ring was definitely something more, is what Dumbledore is implying That's, here. yes. Um, so there was some type of 
magic imbued or tied to this ring is what I'm gathering here. I mean, I think you had already kind of thought that. I think I'd already theorized that, but this is like basically confirms it. Sure. And the crack in the ring, I think, signifies, and I think I'd already had theories about this, that the magic has been destroyed or like done. I don't know how else to say it. The the magic has been removed. The magic has been unmagicked. The magic is, yes, exactly. It, it, it done, done gone away. Um, but what, wh- I don't know why it's being gone now is significant to what, where, what he would have done with it. But so he talks about these little trophies, these souvenirs he collected. So my guess is there's probably more important magically imbued items than just this ring um Mm. maybe dumbledore is looking for them which is why he's gone all the time i don't know i i also don't know what the significance behind them is obviously destroying them is important because why else would dumbledore do it but I don't know what the purpose behind them is. If there's for some ritual or something to keep Voldy young and sprightly. I don't know. <laughs> keep his snake face looking all nice and pretty. Uh, I don't know. I mean, what if they're just um, what if they're just things that he doesn't want Voldemort to get a hold of? What do you mean? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what do I mean? <laughs> I mean that could be too, but to me what Dumbledore like if this if these were just regular ass magical artifacts that were like say powerful that if Voldy got his hands on he could use the power in them to do something bad. I don't think that's the case because I think this is something Voli has done to these objects. Mm, I see what you're saying. Because Dumble has mentioned that he like collects these trophies. Sure, right. Uh, and like kind of hoards them. So that's why I think he has these or has maybe hidden these uh, because there's something important about them to him or give him power in some way. Um. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's it. That's the end of my theory. <laughs> I mean, hey, that's you're thinking through it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is the end of that chapter. By the way, it's a good chapter, Scott. Fucking I don't know. It. Little Tom Riddle is just such a little shit bag. Um, who's better, Little Tom Riddle or Harry? Both. <laughs> um, <laughs> he didn't seem as bad. So the one other time we got, uh younger tom riddle what was he like fifth year sixth year when we saw him in book two Mm -hmm. like he didn't seem this bad but i mean i guess he was probably putting on a pretty good act at that point because wasn't he like a prefect and everything too yes uh well so they they make note of this briefly but like how when Dumbledore says, if, if you're going to accept our invitation to the school, you will address me as sir or professor. Yes, yes. Laying down the big dick, right? Laying down right. the law. 
Definitely. And Riddle thinks about it for a second and is like, okay, sorry, sir. You know, and like right. puts on this kind of fake ass, like perfect, That's polite. <laughs> That's thing. a good point. And also, he basically double crossed the shit out of Hagrid. So he was pretty fake even back then. Yeah. Um, the other thing. I was thinking about is I find it interesting that this is Dumble coming to see him because Dumble is not the headmaster at this time. No. Right? Correct. Because I remember when we were going into Riddle's memories, we saw Dumbledore at Hogwarts, but he was like the, was he the defense? No, like the charm Transfiguration. Transfiguration? Okay. He was just a teacher. Yeah. Tr- I think he was Transfiguration. Oh, man. Whoa. Come on, Zach feel like this is something you should know i feel like it is too i'm pretty sure it's transfiguration wow you're the worst uh so yeah i just find that interesting that dumble is coming to do this yeah even though he's he, not he taught transfiguration. okay but anyway um well so when harry was retrieved it wasn't the headmaster Dumbledore that's true that's a good point yeah, uh it's, but i think i think it's just that somebody acts as like the liaison you know what i mean if it's somebody who's not already introduced to the magical world well so the harry one though you could use the excuse of like dumble was trying his whole bullshit i have to distance myself from harry sure thing but i don't know either way it doesn't matter i just found that interesting i was like because as i recall he's not actually headmaster right now anyway uh i like i like when harry asks like did you know then and Dumbledore's like, did I did I know that I just met <laughs> yeah. the fucking the most, most powerful dark power, wizard dark of all wizard. time? Yeah. No. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck do you think, you <laughs> dumbass? Oh, Harry's such an idiot. Anyway, chapter 14. Uh <laughs> this chapter starts off. This fucking herbology class is like they apparently have to fight off the vines of this snuffleupagus tree. And jam their hands into this stump and yank its heart out like it's some kind of Mortal Kombat fatality. Uh, what the fuck is going on here? Dude, herbology is some weird shit, man. Dude, they're talking about, like, they're getting all cut up. Poor Neville's got a fat lip. These but Neville things, loves this shit. He does love this shit. He's, he's big into it. Like, he's like... He can't wait to get back to his room and have his plant shit all over him while he beats <laughs> off, probably. Um, but yeah, they gank this thing's heart out. Uh, Sub-Zero would be proud. Nobody beats Sub-Zero. Um, nobody does beat Sub-Zero. Nobody beats Sub-Zero. <laughs> Ron is all pissy about Hermione talking about the Slug Club Christmas party. And tells Hermione that she should, quote, hook up with McClagan. And that they can be prom king and queen of the slug club. And she's very hurt and offended by this. She's like, we can bring guests, you little shitbag. And I was going to invite you. But apparently you'd prefer me to bang McClagan. Uh, Ron. Finger bang. <laughs> Why finger bang? I don't know. Uh, Ron very sadly and sheepishly is like, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't like that. Uh, Harry feels very awkward about being around this. And I agree completely. This couple pairing is the worst. 
Luckily, for me, it gets much worse from here on out. <laughs> I fucking yeah. not pleased about this section of this book, Zach. Uh, <laughs> Harry continues on this train of thought right after I typed this and thinks about what if they go out, split up, or worse, become excruciatingly embarrassing to be around like Fleur and hot-ass Bill. And for once, I gotta say, I'm kinda with Harry on this one. I feel like uh, that's happened a couple times this book. No. What other time? I don't know. I just feel like... <laughs> You're just making shit up. No, I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure you said it. I'm pretty sure you're the worst, but I don't say that every five minutes. You do, do fucking I? say that all the Actually, time. Actually, that's true. I totally do. <laughs> you talking about? That's a good point. All right. You got fucking me. Dick. You got me. Uh, he, so uh, he, Harry's thinking about them over the next couple days. They, they didn't seem any different, except that they were a little politer to each other than usual. Um,. <laughs> Harry supposed he would just have to wait to see what happened under the influence of butterbeer in Slughorn's dimly lit room on the night of the Christmas party. And I'm like, Harry thinks they're going to get drunk and bone at the Christmas party. Dude. Hell yeah. Good stuff. Uh, Ron, they're doing Quidditch practice and Ron sucks ass and he like absolutely slugs the shit out of one of his teammates. Uh, Ginny's, Ginny's like, you prat, look at the state of her. And Harry's like, I can fix that. And he does magic or whatever. And then he's like, and Ginny, don't call Ron a prat. You're not the captain of this team. Because apparently being captain gives you automatic privilege to call people prats. Uh, and Ginny yeah, fires. That's how, uh, that's how magic works. That's, uh, <laughs> that's how sports work. That's how the magic force works. sports work. Uh, Ginny fires right back with, well, you seem too busy to call him a prat, and I thought someone should. Uh, and Harry has to keep himself from busting out laughing, and I'm like, well busted, Ginny, well busted. Um, and then, this just goes from bad to worse. Uh, I fucking hate this chapter, Zachary. Uh, oh fucking shit, what is, what is why with this Ginny Dean thing now? They're kissing, sorry, snogging in the hall, and it's immediately, immediately super, like, obvious that Harry is jealous as shit. Ron is also upset, because he is also jealous, because he's never snogged anyone, which Ginny brings up and burns him with some joke about their Aunt Muriel. He's like, the only, she's like, the only one you've ever kissed is our Aunt Muriel. Uh, it's very good here. I think I have a bit of the quote here. Uh, she basically tells Dean to fuck off because she's got to fucking shit talk her brother for a bit. She says, right, let's get this straight once and for all. It is none of your business who I go out with or what I do with him, Ron. And Ron's like, yeah, it is. Do you think I want people saying my sister's a... A what? Shouted Ginny, drawing her wand. A what exactly? He was gonna say whore, Ginny. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Harry, trying to play peacemaker here. He's very bad at it, though. 
He doesn't mean anything, Ginny. Oh, yes, he does, she said. Just because he's never snogged anyone in his life. Just because the best kiss he's ever had is from our Aunt Muriel. <laughs> the fact that she calls it the best kiss he's ever had is very funny. Ron's super pissed. He's like, shut your mouth. Uh, Jenny's like, I fucking won't. I've seen you with phlegm, hoping she'll kiss you on the cheek every time you see her. It's pathetic. If you went out and got a bit of snogging done yourself, you wouldn't mind so much that everyone else does it. Uh, they actually got their wands drawn now, and they're, like, shooting shit at each other while Harry tries to stay in between them. Uh, Ron's like, you don't know what you're fucking talking about. Just because I don't do it in public like a whore. Like you, basically. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then Chinny comes back with, oh, been kissing Pigwidgeon, have you? Or have you got a picture of Aunt Muriel stashed under your pillow? <laughs> dude, damn. savage. Chinny is so savage. Uh, dude. Savage. She, she's so hardcore. She's very hardcore. She says, don't be stupid. Harry snogged Cho Chang and Hermione snogged Victor Crumb. It's only you who acts like it's something disgusting, Ron. And that's because you've got about as much experience as a 12-year-old. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Way to just bring it home. Yeah, she really fucking lets Ron have it here. He, as we will see, Ron really takes these words to heart, you know? You can't say that he doesn't he doesn't listen to his family, you know, and do something about it. Um as as we shall see here in these next chapters. So now Harry for the rest of forever, I guess, is obsessed with Jenny. Can you blame him? What is happening? I No. I mean, Ginny seems like a fucking badass, doesn't she? Badass whore, maybe. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you take that back, you sack of shit. Yeah, I take it back. I take it back. Ron just thinks she's a whore uh, because he's... Because he's a dumb fucker. He's a dumb fuck, but I also get where he's... Con- he's, like, trying to be a protective older brother. Yeah, definitely uh, definitely bad look. But he's he's he goes about it extremely the wrong way i i never thought i would ever be defending ron ever but jenny jenny didn't have to go that hard like she didn't have to do him dirty like that she fucking really let him have it i mean ron was being a shit heel dude a picture of aunt muriel under his pillow that is savage to a next level degree yeah definitely not ron's business jenny's a badass I mean, Ron's a fucking yeah. idiot. Yeah, I guess. I just, I don't. What are we doing here? Ha- Harry's. <laughs> uh, Harry, so Harry's thinking about Ginny in bed now. And he's trying to convince himself that his feelings were just, just very brotherly. Uh, he says that he's thinking this. He says they had lived, had they not, like brother and sister all summer, playing Quidditch, teasing Ron, and having to laugh about Bill and Flem. He had known Ginny for years now. It was natural that he should feel protective. Natural that he should want to look out for her. Want to rip Dean limb from limb for kissing her. <laughs> no, he would have to control that particularly brotherly feeling. 
And this is where I also realized, I was like, oh, this is fucking, so this the love potion smell. He said it was like something he smelled at the burrow. And I was like, oh, maybe it's Molly. Maybe it's, you know, the motherly thing again. No, it's probably fucking Ginny that he's smelling. That sounds weird. That's a weird <laughs> sentence. <laughs> probably yeah, Ginny he's smelling. It's, he's just going up and sniffing Ginny. That's creepy and weird. Sniffing yeah. some gin. Sniffing <laughs> some gin. <laughs> so... <laughs> This, this chapter is the worst sack. Ron is back up to his old tricks again and is a massive chode to everyone, especially Hermione, for no reason, and is getting worse and worse at Quidditch. Uh, I'm sure they'll miraculously win this game like they always do, though. Fuck Quidditch. And then immediately as I typed that, I read the next sentence and I typed, Oh, fuck, the liquid luck! <laughs> Dude. So, yeah, magically win this game. How perfect. So, so Harry gets this this brilliant idea. Um he's at breakfast and he slips heavy air quotes, he slips something into Ron's drink and Hermione sees him. And she's like, "What the fuck are you doing, Harry? You can't fucking do that." And Ron tells her to bugger off because he, like I said, he's being a massive chode to everyone. Uh, and drinks it and then leaves. Uh, Hermione, scandalized by this, she says, You could be expelled for that. I'd never have believed it of you, Harry. <laughs> and Harry fires right back. This is pretty good from Harry. He says, Look who's talking. Confunded anyone lately? Because she cheated. She at definitely the confunded McLagan. Yeah, she confunded McLagan. Um and this this may be I don't know if I've ever hated Harry more after this sentence here. I, I have this specifically from the book. She stormed up the table away from them. Harry watched her go without regret. Hermione had never really understood what a serious business Quidditch was. I want to strangle him. He sucks. <sighs> fuck Quidditch and fuck this motherfucker. You know what's funny, though? Is what's like, funny? you care about sports just as much as he does. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I'm a hypocrite, yeah. You absolutely I don't care are about shitty sports, though. I don't care about fucking... What's the shittiest sport I can think of? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You play a sport and you lose? Oh man. You're mad. I'm no, that's actually not true. I'm more mad when, when my team when that I follow teams. Yeah. When when I'm actually playing it, I don't get nearly as mad when I lose. I'm a better sport than that. But I'm you play to win. Harry. Oh, for sure. I'm very competitive, absolutely. Uh that's fair. I'm a hypocrite. Quidditch sucks, though. Like, I'm not defending the sport, but like, hey, dude, he he is he's a fucking what is he? 16 year old boy who plays a sport and is the captain on his sport team. Of course, yeah. he's gonna think that like that's the Listen, shit. I get it, but every time he like basically like is like angry or like fucking can't believe her, like Hermione's like fucking you know. Whatever, it's just Quidditch. It just it pisses me off so much. Because Hermione is 100% right, and he's never right. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> you feel better yeah, now, Scott? Quid 
Quidditch still sucks. Some things never change. Uh, Zach's favorite book that that you know doesn't fix Quidditch, unfortunately. Um, I can't even laugh and be happy about Ginny accidentally on purpose crashing into Zachariah Smith uh, after the game is over because he was being a sucky ass commentator. Uh, <laughs> I forgot, I forgot I about that actually. <laughs> that, that's really I good. forgot I wrote this note and it was like yesterday. Uh, Quidditch literally seeps all the joy out of me, Nazgul style. <laughs> Quidditch gives me the old death kissy uh, every time it's in these books. Sorry, pal. Yeah. For what it's worth, I don't, I, I honestly don't, I don't think that there's. I don't believe you. Whatever you're about to say, I don't believe you. We'll get three more Quidditch chapters, I'm sure. I don't think it takes I I don't think there's any other chapters where like it's like the chapter is Quidditch stuff. Like it'll be mentioned of course, but of course it will. Anyway, Hermione's mad cuz it's illegal uh the whole liquid luck thing. But old tricky dicky Harry faked it. He only wanted Ron to think he was lucky cuz apparently he's an unbeatable goalie prodigy as long as he has faith in himself. And I want to fucking vomit. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan for this. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just being a. I'm just being a shit bag with I you. I know you are. <laughs> uh, but no, no, Scott. This book's built different. This it book's is, built it is different, built baby. Different, you fucker. Uh, so, so they go up to this party. Of course, Gryffindor wins. There's this big party, and. <laughs> Ron, Harry's talking to Ginny, and she goes, looking for Ron? He's over there, the filthy hypocrite. There in full view of the whole room stood Ron, wrapped so closely around Lavender Brown, it was hard to tell whose hands were whose. It looks like he's eating her face, doesn't it? <laughs> said Ginny. <laughs> but I suppose he's got to refine his technique somehow. Good game, Harry. Uh... Yeah, I love how Ginny is, like, giving him shit because he has no experience with a snogging and then immediately gives him shit when he does, starts to snog. Uh, good stuff from Ginny. Ron can't win. He shouldn't win. He's the worst. Uh, but I, I just think that's hilarious that Ginny's like, you only kiss Aunt Muriel, you fucking shit. Uh, you suck at kissing Lavender Brown, you little shit. Uh, yeah, it's it's good stuff. <laughs> Um, yeah, she like pats him on the arm and Harry gets all fucking butterfly. His little, his little wee wee responds this dumb little shit. Little, uh, spark goes right to the tip of his wee wee. <laughs> yeah. Just, just Harry's little wee wee, you know, always it's, it's over Cho Ginny all day long now. Um, we get a Crookshanks mention here. Uh, I think he wants to eat, uh, Ginny's pet. She's got this little puff thingy. I can't remember what it's called. Arnold. <laughs> I think somebody, somebody I talked to recently, I think it was Sam from Half Drunk. Maybe it wasn't Sam. Sorry if it wasn't you, Sam. Uh, I, but I think it was. But she was saying that, that uh, whoever it was said that they were uh, disappointed that you brought up Crookshanks in one chapter some, uh-huh. sometime recently. And you didn't give Crookshanks the, the air horns. And you just oh. did it again. Yeah, sorry. Crookshanks. You just you, you gotta you gotta clean your shit up, dude. 
I know. I'm I need getting, you to be better. <laughs> I need to be better. I'm tired. I'm late. I'm getting lazy over here. Uh, but yeah, I think he wants to eat Ginny's pet. Uh, and that's that's it. That's, Whose name that's is Arnold, Crook- by the way. Yes. Uh, that's our Crookshanks mention of the day. Um, Harry sees Hermione leave. So Hermione saw them two snogging, and she's big upset. She she runs out. Uh, Harry, to his credit, goes after her to try and console her. Um, finds her in an empty mm, classroom. Twice in this one episode. What? What else did I give him credit for? Shit, that can't be right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even know, but it was just like five I, yeah, minutes ago. I, that doesn't sound right. I don't think I did. I oh, think yeah, no, no, shit. because she because he was like, "Have you confunded anybody lately?" <laughs> okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Well, listen, Hermione is not. We've discussed this. Hermione's the best because she's not perfect. Even she has her faults. Um, so even Harry is good sometimes. <laughs> exactly. It's it's the opposite is also true. Okay. All right. Uh, Harry finds her in an empty classroom. She's she's real good at conjuring these little birds. By the way, they mentioned that at some point. She's got her little conjured birds up in there. Um, Harry, the dipshit, doesn't know what to say to her to try and console her, but I, I do at least give him marks for trying to talk to her. Um, of course, Ron and Lavender very conveniently happen to stumble into that classroom that they're in because they're looking for a place to fuck. And, uh, <laughs> Hermione, Dude. Hermione storms out sobbing. But not before she sets her birds on Ron like a flock of angry cuckoos attacking Link. Um, They fuck him up real good. Uh, So that's good, funny stuff. And that's the end of the chapter. Uh, Bless, blessedly, we are through the Quidditch chapter. I think that was uh, maybe, maybe the best chapter ever, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it goes... That chapter, and then Parting of the Ways, and then the the Snape and Snoop chapter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's not the Snape and Snoop chapter. It's the one about Snape. Snape but yeah, definitely. Snoop. Definitely way up there. Uh, you better remember it. It's called... Uh, it's what, called Felix, Felix Felicifelissimus? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the proper medical term for the luck potion, right? Yeah, Felix Felicis. Yeah, real, real bad. Um, dang. Yeah, you were you were a little sour bitch this episode, but it's okay. I I told you I was gonna be. I tried to give you fair warning. You never listened to me. (laughs) Uh, so Ron and Hermione are not on speaking terms, and Harry is the awkward one in the middle. And I'm like, are we really doing this again? How many times have we gone down this road? Are we really doing this again? Apparently we are. Um, Harry and Hermione are talking in the library. Um, She's like, hey, by the way, you need to be fucking careful. And he's like, don't give me more shit about my Mr. Prince book. I'm keeping the book. I'm keeping the damn book, Hermione, because she's always giving him shit about it. And she says, I'm not talking about your stupid so-called prince. I I love this little detail, so I had this copied specifically. Said Hermione, giving his book a nasty look as though it had been rude to her. (laughs) I I love that. 
I love that. Uh, I'm talking about earlier, I went into the girls' bathroom just before I came in here, and there were about a dozen girls in there, including that Ramil Devane, trying to decide how to slip you a love potion. They're all hoping they're going to get you to take them to Slughorn's party, and they all seem to have bought Fred and George's love potions, which I'm afraid to say probably work. Uh, so yeah, all these girls are in love with Harry now. And they want to go to his special uh, slughorn party um, and probably snog or something, I'm sure. Uh, Harry is now having constant sexy wet dreams about Ginny, so that's a thing that's happening. Um, we, we get constant sexy wet dreams. Constant sexy wet dreams. Um, we get way too much excruciating detail about that. Uh, in this chapter, Harry asks Hermione how they're going to get these potions delivered. Uh, he's like, Filch is like banned all of Fred and George's stuff. How are they getting these potions in here? And she's like, Fred and George send them disguised as perfumes. And she's like, it's, it's going to get past Filch because he's, he's a dumbass. He can't tell the difference. And Harry's like, mm, you seem to know a lot about it. And Hermione shoots right back with that she doesn't put things or pretend to put things in people's drink like someone she knows. She's like, I don't go and slip little things inside people <laughs> like you do. Yes, exactly. Harry wishes he could slip a little something in someone, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, that was the joke I just made, Scott. Was it shit? I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> Fuck. So, uh, Harry thinks that if these potions can be snuggle snuggled, <laughs> smuggled in <laughs> so can Draco shit uh, Hermione tells him he's an idiot uh, and she explains like listen his Filch's magic detectors are going to detect dark magic shit but not Fred and George's dumb tricks uh, and then they argue for a while about whether or not the librarian what's her name Mrs. Pence Madam Pence or Madam like Pence uh, they argue for a while about whether Madame Pence and Filch are secretly banging. Like, what is happening in this Dude, book? Dude, the hormones are raging in this book. <laughs> they are absolutely running wild. Uh, Ron is a real dick to Hermione in class, and she runs away crying. Um, Harry tracks her down. Uh, she was being consoled by Luna. Uh, so we get some good Luna stuff here. I'm sure Zach is very happy. Raging hard. Yes. Uh, Harry's like, oh shit, this is a good idea. I'll invite Luna to the party. And Luna's like, Slughorn's party with you. And Harry's like, yeah, we're supposed to bring guests. So I thought you might like, I mean, I mean, just as friends, you know, but if you don't want to... <laughs> says he was already half hoping that she didn't want to you fucking little dick <laughs> oh no i'd love to go with you as friends said luna beaming as he had never seen her beam before <sighs> nobody's ever asked me to a party before as a friend what a sweetheart fucking, dude i i she is a sweetheart i do love her in these moments she has him. so they were they were doing like human transfiguration in their class and like <laughs> one of harry's eyebrows is still like a different color or something <laughs> And Luna's like, is that why you dyed your airbrow? <laughs> airbrow. Eyebrow for the party. Should I do mine too? <laughs> <laughs> She's so sweet and innocent, and I love I do like her a lot. 
Um, no, said Harry, that was a mistake. I'll get Hermione to put it right for me. Um, I'll meet you in the entrance hall at 8 o'clock then. And then our guy Peeves is like, ah Potty asked Looney to go to the party. Potty loves Looney. Potty loves Looney. Uh, Peeves having a grand old time with it. So It's moments like that where I have to uh, remember... Like, in my head, I love Peeves. Mm. But, but I feel like sometime last book or something like that, you were like, I don't particularly like him. Yeah. He's and it's moments whatever. like that that I'm like, you know what? Like, he's kind of annoying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, thank you. Fuck Peeves. Like, I, listen, I don't dislike Peeves. I don't like Peeves. Peeves just kind of exists. Sure. Uh you only don't like Peeves in this moment is because he's making fun of your favorite girl. Like, best girl. Yeah. Luna. For sure. Fair enough. Yeah. For sure. I, my, my favorite Peeves moment is when he salutes uh, yeah. Fred and George. For that, sure. I mean, that's definitely his shining moment. Like, that's the best moment he's ever had in these books, for sure. So, uh, <laughs> they're down at, like, some meal, breakfast probably. And Hermione puts on this real good show to piss off Ron. She comes up to Parvati because Ron and Lavender are fucking like wrapped inside of each other. Uh, of course, always now. Um, I think <laughs> there's a pretty funny line. I don't think I have it, but it's something like Har- Harry's thinking to himself that uh, Lavender found any moment not kissing Ron to be a wasted moment, <laughs> which is so <laughs> dumb. Um, so Hermione comes up and she's like, hey, Parvati, are you going to, this is like just, you know, very loud conversation she's having so everyone can hear it here. Um, are you going to old Horace's Christmas party? And Parvati's like, no, I didn't get an invite. I'd love to go though. It sounds like it's really good. You're going, aren't you? And Hermione's like, yes, I'm meeting Cormac at eight and we're... This is the grossest thing I ever heard. Uh, There was a noise like a plunger being withdrawn from a blocked (laughs) sink. And Ron surfaced. (laughs) (laughs) The bit... I have to give Rowling props. So much props for that line. Because the, like, images and, like, noises that that writing conjures is just perfect for what she intended, I'm sure. And it, it it's very funny, but it also made me sick to my stomach. It's very, very good. So I had to call that out. A plunger being withdrawn from a blocked sink. Very funny. Um, Hermione acted as though she had not seen or heard anything. Uh, we're going up to the party together. Cormac, said Parva- Parvati. Cormac McClagan, you mean. That's right, said Hermione sweetly. The one who almost, she put a great deal of emphasis on the word, became Gryffindor Keeper. Are you going out with him then, asked Parvati. Oh yes, didn't you know, said Hermione with a most un-Hermione-ish giggle. No, said Parvati. (laughs) Wow, you like your Quidditch players, don't you? First Crumb, then McClagan. I feel like Hermione had Parvati like fucking rehearse this with her. It's so bad. Uh, 
You really like Quidditch players. Hermione corrected her, still smiling. I like really good Quidditch players. Oh, my God. Well, see ya. Gotta go get ready for the party. La, 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 la. I'm sure she skipped away, too. It's it's the corniest shit ever, but I'm here for it because it's Hermione, and it's very funny. I love that you get so wrapped up in these exchanges. <laughs> it's, it's so ridiculous. Uh, so Harry goes to meet Luna for the party. They're on their way up there, and Harry's like, hey, did you hear there's apparently a vampire coming to this party? And Luna's like, is it Rufus Scrimgower? <laughs> And Harry's like, wait, what? <laughs> and Luna's like, oh, yeah, he's super duper a vampire. Dad wrote an article about it when he became minister, but they wouldn't let him publish it because they want to keep it secret. And Harry's like, okay. Sure. Sure. <laughs> um, and so then they go to this party and they meet this vampire. Uh, there's this dude at the party who tries to convince Harry to let him write his biography just like he did with his, his vampire friend. And <laughs> the guy has to like stop midway sentence, midway through his sentence while he's talking to Harry because his vampire friend is like drifting off towards these, this crowd of girls looking hungry. And he's basically like, do not eat the children. <laughs> it's very stupid. Uh, so then Hermione comes up to them. She's desperately trying to avoid McLagan at the party. She says he's like fucking Grop is a gentleman compared to him. Um, <laughs> Harry's like, well, you fucking brought this on yourself. I don't know what you want from me. She's like, yeah, I thought he would annoy Ron the most. I al- I also considered Zachariah Smith, though. Dude. And Harry's like, Zachariah Smith, are you fucking kidding me? And I'm like, I think that might have annoyed Ron more. Uh, they hate Zachariah Smith. And apparently Hermione's just like that hot shit that's just like, ah, I can oh, pick yeah. him or I her mean, or him. She could absolutely get anyone she wants, but she's literally only doing it to piss Ron off. Yeah. Uh, so Harry asked her point blank. He's like, let's get something straight. Are you planning to tell Ron that you interfered at keeper tryouts? And she's like, do you really think I'd stoop that low? <laughs> Harry looks at her. Hermione, if you can ask out McClaggan. <laughs> she's like, there's a difference. I've got no plans to tell Ron anything about what might or might not have happened at keeper tryouts. I love how she doesn't actually fully admit it ever. Uh, good, said Harry, because he'll just fall apart again and will lose the next match. Quidditch, said Hermione angrily. Is that all boys care about? Cormac hasn't asked me one single question about myself. No, I've just been treated to a hundred great saves made by Cormac McLaggen nonstop. Ever since... Oh, shit, here he comes. (laughs) (laughs) She moved so fast it was though she had disapparated. One moment she was there, the next she had squeezed but two between two witches and vanished. Uh, Hermione can instant transmission when she wants to get away from this shit heel. Um, so anyway, then drunk, drunk old Horace comes around and he is raving about what a natural at potions Harry is just like his mother. And the, the, the whole mother bit is interesting again, but I, I still don't think she's the half blood prince either. Um, 
he like <laughs> grabs Snape out of nowhere, uh, out of the crowd, and he's like, "Oh yeah, you deserve a lot of credit too, Severus." And he's like, "This guy, he's fucking the best at potions. You know, you taught him for like five years." Dude. And Snape is like. <laughs> What the fuck? That does not check out at all. This little shit. I think he says specifically, like, I was under the impression that Potter didn't learn anything under my tutelage. <laughs> uh, he seems to know that Harry is up to some shit. Uh, he, because he's looking very shrewdly at Harry, like, you little fucker. Uh, maybe he legolist his ass. I don't know. Maybe he knows about the Half Blood Prince. I'm sorry, who? Legolas. Wait, who? <laughs> the Half-Blood who? The Half-Blood Prince. Mr. Prince. Oh, gotcha. Yep. Um, so they're talking about the classes Harry is taking, and uh, uh, old Horace is like, ah, you, d- these are all the classes you need to be an Auror. And Harry's like, yeah, I want to be an Auror. <laughs> and your girl Luna has more great stuff here. She says, I don't think you should be an Auror, Harry. The Aurors are part of the Rotfang conspiracy. I thought everyone knew that. <laughs> They're working to bring down the Ministry of Magic from within using a combination of dark magic and gum disease. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, ah, this would be Hermione and her parents' greatest nightmare. Dark magic and gum disease. Dude, isn't Luna just just so fantastic always? Do you get it? Hermione's parents are dentists. I get it. They're gum disease. <laughs> I get it. You didn't get it. I, of course, I fucking got it, Scott. Uh, Harry cracks up at this. He he thinks to himself, really, it had been worth bringing Luna just for this. And I'm like, fuck you, dude. Like, Luna's awesome. Like, it's not just for this, you dick. But anyway. um, Filch drags up Draco at this point, um, who tried to crash the party unsuccessfully. Horace is like, ah, it's cool. It's Christmas, bro. Um, Harry notices that Snape briefly had a look of anger, maybe fear, when Filch drags Draco up, mm. but it quickly passes. Harry also notices that Draco looks like hammered shit. Uh, he looks ill, basically, I guess. Yep. Uh, Snape drags Draco off, says he has to talk to him. Uh, so of course Harry does what he does best. He snapes and snoops, uh, puts on the old invisibility cloak, follows them to this empty classroom and listens in on them. Um, he overhears Snape saying, cannot afford mistakes, Draco, because if you are expelled, I didn't have anything to do with it. All right. I hope you were telling the truth because it was both clumsy and foolish. Already, you are suspected of having a hand in it. So I think it's pretty clear they're talking about the thing that happened with Katie Bell. With Katie Bell, right. Who suspects me, said Malfoy angrily. For the last time, I didn't do it, okay? That Bell girl must have had an enemy. Oh, yeah, they just say it. That Bell girl must have had an enemy no one knows about. Don't look at me like that. I know what you're doing. I'm not stopping, but it won't work. I can stop you. There was a pause, and then Snape said quietly, Ah, Aunt Bellatrix has been teaching you ah, Clemency, I see. 
What thoughts are you trying to conceal from your master, Draco? I'm not trying to conceal anything from him. I just don't want you butting in. This is some good stuff here. Uh, I love this name. She's called Aunt Bellatrix. That's just very funny to me. Um, I mean, it's accurate, but it's just like fucking Bellatrix being an aunt. Um, also, fucking it seems like piece of shit Draco has learned more occlumency in like a month than, you know, Harry learned ever. Yeah. Harry's a piece of shit. I mean, Harry, look, Harry's not the best. Yeah. Um, so Snape asked Draco why he has been avoiding him. Snape's like, I've been trying to help you. Uh, he tells him here about how he made the unbreakable vow with Narcissa. And he's like, I'm fucking here to protect you and help you, bro. And Draco's just like, fuck you, fuck your vow, just break it. I don't want or need your help. I've got a plan. It's just taken a while. It's taken longer than I expected. You're trying to steal my glory. And Snape's like, you're a fucking idiot. Uh, Draco complains about the defense against the dark arts class. He's like, what's the point of this? Why do we need defense against the dark arts class? It's so stupid. What's the point? And Snape is like, it's an act, dude. It's important. Do you think I'd be where I am if I didn't know how to act? Quit acting like a petulant bitch boy child. Verbatim. Basically verbatim. And then Draco storms out. Uh, Harry barely gets out of the way. And that is the end of that conversation, that chapter, and what we're going over tonight. So it's, uh, it's a fun one there. I like that exchange a lot. Yeah, that was uh, that was probably the most exciting thing that happened in this batch, uh, for sure. You fucker. <laughs> I can't stand you sometimes. That's fair. That's totally fair. What? God. Oh, I'm sorry. You're you're a big fan of Harry thinking about all the wet dreams he's having about Ginny, are you? <laughs> yeah, dude. So how do you, how are you processing that? The Harry Ginny thing. I'm not happy about anything that happened. Okay, is that what you want me to say? I'm not happy about the possibility of Ginny and Harry. I'm not happy about Ron and Hermione. Maybe. Hey, look. Maybe Harry will experience rejection again. And also, she's dating Dean. Dean. Yeah, the whole Dean thing is obviously, like, a stopgap. Obviously. Um, we're getting close to the end of the books. Like, Harry has to get a love interest that's real at some point. And I'm worried that I just found out what it fucking is. Mm, razzle-dazzle. <sighs> So yeah, that 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 obviously my greatest nightmare, not my greatest nightmares, but one of my greatest nightmares <laughs> fucking confirmed. Um we get a shit ton of quidditch, we get Ron and Hermione being pissed at each other again for like the 50 billionth time in these books. Uh yeah, it was a real doozy of a section, Zach. A real doozy. A real doozy? Yeah. Yeah. I think this still can go toe-to-toe with the majority of book five. Like I the mean, heart of don't book use five. book five as an example. Book five is trash except for the last, except for the trial chapter and then the last, what, 
three chapters, four. I'd say, maybe. I'd say four. Yeah, I think four yeah. chapters. Uh the rest of that book is hot garbage. Okay, well, yeah, it's still better than that, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. You got me. I you got, got me. You. Um, it's one point on the board for Zach. No points on the point, board for Scott. One point. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like the like I said, the the Tom Riddle just being a little shit ass eleven year old was whatever. Um, Dumble had a couple good lines in there. A, a very few select couple good lines. Uh, the one about Marope had a choice, just like your mother did. Um, that was some good stuff. Um, and then, yeah, some intrigue around, like, you know, these objects and what Voldy is doing with them. And uh, I was surprised at the whole Draco uh, not wanting Snape's help thing. Because he's always been, like, Snape's... Like, they've been boys. Like, he's always seemed to, like, try and suck up to Snape. Right. You know, um, it's it's interesting because I, like, this isn't ever explicitly said. It's just kind of, like, the way that I picture it. Mm-hmm. Like, Draco is coming of age, right? Like, he's growing up, and he's also trying to prove himself. Right, right. And he's mingling more with the Death Eaters. I think that, that much is apparent, at right, the very yes. least, with Bella. With Bella. And sure, yeah. they all talk bad about Snape behind his back. You know what That's I mean? a good point. That's a good point. Um, so I think I think he's just like trying to do his own thing and like stand out in his own way and not have somebody who has like this negative connotation around him like bring him down. That's how That's I. That's fair, view it. but I mean, also his mother like trusts Snape very much. So that's kind of the other side of that. Yeah, I mean that is true, but um, but no, I can see more of like the angle of he is very eager to like strike out on his own and prove himself is like very very potent and like sure. he doesn't want Snape getting even a little bit of the credit if like Snape helps him right um, with this task I, 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 my guess is it's more that which you know from his perspective from his point of view I can see uh Snape has I mean, Snape literally has to have his best intentions at heart because of this vow that he made. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But Draco just refuses to acknowledge that. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I, it's pretty I, cold-hearted because, like, Draco knows what breaking an unbreakable vow, unbreakable vow, unbreakable <laughs> vow means, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm sure And he Snape would. says, I made the unbreakable vow, and Draco's like, break it then. Yeah. And it's like, He's yikes, dude. Like, like, you're just telling Snape to break this breakable vow that you can't break. <laughs> or else. Or else. Good one, Zach. Yeah, nailed it. Um, Yeah, and those, though, that was the, the, the one interesting thing that happened in these chapters. So, hooray. Hooray. <laughs> Huzzah. Huzzah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we have uh, a couple of cool things. Uh, well, couple. One cool thing that I wanted to mention. Only one. Just, just like one. one cool thing happened. Yeah, in these like chapters. most things about us suck, but there's one yes. cool thing that we wanted to talk about. Uh, if you guys are enjoying this shit and you guys would enjoy this shit on your body, Ooh. on your hot, sexy, wet dream body 
Yes. Uh, Scott and I are in the process of doing a limited uh, pre-order. We don't want a shirt. And uh, so we'll, we'll have that soon. Uh, be checking out the Twitter and the Instagram at We Don't Want a Pod. For how to get a hold of these things, we will only be printing a very short amount or limited amount based off of the pre-orders. Limited edition merch! Limited edition merch. We're not really that cool, so... Oh, you know. we we like to think we are. <laughs> but We're uh, very full of ourselves. But we're pretty fucking excited about these designs. So you, you will be seeing and hearing more about this uh, soon. Uh, so definitely keep your ear. You ear may out even for that. hear about it before you hear this. <laughs> what was that? You may even hear about it on the Twitter before you actually hear yeah, this. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. You may actually see it on the Twitter before this. Uh, just depending on depending on some certain things. Anyway, uh, definitely keep an eye out for that. Uh, we're very excited about it. Um, I'm pretty fucking stoked on what these are gonna look like. The uh, the design. Prelim design ideas and mock-ups that we've got, I am extremely excited for. I think they're they're like normally I don't like I'm not I'm like kind of whatever on stuff like this, but I think these are super rad and sweet. Uh, like I said, we're very full of ourselves. So. Yeah, I mean, look, these shirts are probably going to be way cooler than you and I are. So, definitely, you know, that is what it definitely. is. Anyway, keep your you know your, your eyes out for that. Um, also, I think I've said this a couple times. If you would like to continue supporting the We Don't Want a Podcast, you can contribute to the show if you click on the link in the description. You can make a pledge of a dollar, or five dollars, or a billion dollars every month. So consider doing that if you're into that sort of thing. It is greatly appreciated. And as always, tell a friend, family member, definitely your grandmother. I need her listening. Um, tell your Aunt Muriel after you're done kissing her. And Aunt Muriel. Yes. I feel like this list is going to get longer every time. Like, yeah. like <laughs> The farther we get into our show, it's going to be like, tell your grandma. <laughs> tell your, hide your kids. Hide your wife. Tell your grandma. Exactly. <laughs> Um, But that's going to do it for us today. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us. We will see you on the next one. Bye. Okay, how do I turn this shit off? I have no idea what you've done. Are you still on together mode? Yes. (laughs) Are you not? Yes, I am.